For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to be served. And he gave his life as a reason for many. How do we live a life of serving? Let's find out, Strikers, next on the Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that she would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. All right. Right on, Alan. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well this morning. Yeah. Turn you up in the mic a little bit. I, I actually like did my hair as opposed to just combing it out. Yeah, so we had some excite. We got an exciting day ahead of us. <laughs> we do. We do. Let's do uh, some brushing real quick. Ah, so some brushing this morning. Uh, we have the LA Dream Center mission trip coming up. Uh, there will be a link in the notes to su- support Scott uh, on this journey. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll call it a journey. Okay. And for those of you that are able and willing to help out Scott, uh, there will be, he will be sending out daily updates uh, regarding the outreach. For donations over $200, there will be a daily Zoom call and more to come with that. Yeah, so uh, with that, oh, real quick before we move forward. Uh, so in the show notes, we've mm-hmm. done a little something special, and okay. uh, we've done a little playlist for uh, Spotify for mm-hmm. the Mighty Anvil playlist. Spotify. Some uh, worship songs going on there. So right uh, on. there's two songs that we've got so far. Okay. And Rattle. Rattle. Oh, I don't yeah. know. You know, that, just, that song just... So Dan actually ended up sending me a link to Rattle. Because uh, I've heard you got, I heard you talk about it, and you guys both were like, oh, that's a fantastic song. And I never listened to it. And then one day he was like, hey, man, here's a link. And I was like, oh. Dude. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. When I run, I run with my hands in victory it, when I'm listening to that song. It's just an amazing thing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, check out the uh, playlist for Spotify in the show notes. Alan, do you have a favorite worship song that uh, we can add to that list? The idea, is, um, while you think about that, the idea is to uh, have our guest put a song into the mix, okay, so that we can kind of do that. I do, and it is called, I think it's called uh, "Revelation Song" by Carrie Job. Right on, I really like it. Revelation, I will check it out. Okay, if you can, send me the link, and we'll put it in there. I will. All right, Strikers, I'm sorry for the little detour there, uh, a little bit something new, but uh, yeah. So, hey, you know, our guest today, our friend today is grabbed a piece of my heart probably 15 years ago. Uh, I started serving with him in uh, production, which is weird. That's where I am now. Um, But, yeah, uh, very terrifying because I was in charge of putting lyrics on the screens (laughs) and making sure that I got the right little section before uh, everybody started singing. So, yeah, there was a little Mm. stress there. But um, what a great heart. I think we've had two people right in a row with just huge hearts and wanting to serve people. And, uh, again, you you can always get a hug from the guy. Well, I say that. I can always get a hug from the guy. I don't want some stranger uh, and pastor going, hey, what's going on here? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, always gets a great big old bear hug. Um, 
always a smile, always glad to see you. Even, you know, it, what a wonderful person. I've done a couple of trips with them and sat in, a, in an RV with them. Got to spend some time. Yeah, just great guy. Love him dearly. Pastor Steve, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Right on. Excited. By the way, I always hand out hugs, but I keep bear hugs for special people. Oh, oh. I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So uh, tell us a little bit about, our, about yourself. First off, this is a core value-driven show, and so we've got uh, core value of brotherhood. We've got uh, growing and we're still adding, but uh, give us a uh, top, top core value or top three that really speak out to you. Yeah, so I think that's a great question. Um, my core, my, uh, core values, uh, well, let me back up and say this. You know, core values was never a thing for me. Like, I never even had that thought, you know, core values for your life, right? That's really something I picked up at, at Elevate Life mm-hmm. uh, with Pastor uh, Keith. But so my top three core values are uh, honor, relationships and then um creativity okay uh creativity would be a little bit different than what y'all are probably thinking in your world but uh but yeah so those are my those are my core values so expand on creativity well when i when i think of creativity i'm thinking about uh fun um not living a boring life having um you know a little bit of variety you know in my life so right on yeah cool um, uh, the second one you said, relationships, I, that's a new one as well uh, that we haven't heard on the show yet, and I think it's an important one. Can you expand on that one a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really believe that our lives are as rich as um, we make them through relationships. So, you know, for example, last night I was at dinner with a couple that I, that we, that Glenn and I just recently uh, met. We try to do that on a regular basis, right? Just try to expand our horizons with regard to relationship. But really beyond, beyond that, um, my relationship with my, uh, with my Lord is, of course, uh, at the top. Um, relationship with my wife, very important. We've been married 30 Four years. I misspoke the other day. Thirty-four years. What did you misspeak? And I'm just. Like, I said thirty-two. Ooh. <laughs> She's like, oh, we lost two years somewhere. Was there no time served in dating? <laughs> My wife calls it time served. So there's time, time served, served, and before we got married, so yeah. she counts that as well. Well, there. If we did that, it'd be another year and a half. Okay. So. <laughs> so yeah, that, and then uh, with my kids, and then now with my kids' spouses, our grandkids. Um, but uh, but then just to have special people in our life, you know, around us. So. You know, the concept, I'm sure you, you all have probably talked about it here, but the concept of having three or three, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's something I'm still working on. So I say core, I say relationship is one of my core values, but it doesn't mean that I've, I've figured it out, right? It's like I have, uh, I would say two of my three, but you know, I'm not the guy that's going to walk up to you and say, Hey, will you be one of my three? That's, <laughs> that's not how it works yeah. to me. That, no, that don't so, <laughs> so I've spent 10 years, you know, building one of those relationships and, um, eight years building another one. So, so we're on our Give way. a shout out to the guys. Yeah. Kenny Gammons and, uh, Sean hey, Hyman. You? Oh, nice. Those, yeah. that's some good, that's some good company you keep. Yeah. You are who the company you keep. What was that, that saying? You are the company that you keep. Yep. I like it. Something about the five closest people to you or something like yep. that. Yeah. yeah. So yes. that, that speaks volumes to you, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Um, not, yeah, that wasn't really the, the scope of today. We're talking about mission trips. 
Yeah. But before we do that, there's a couple of the questions. Um, favorite author? Author? Um, I would say my favorite author is J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Mm. So I love a good, uh, uh, good epic. Um, good versus evil. Gotcha. I feel like it's the story of humanity, right? Yeah. Whether you're looking at The Hobbit or you're looking at the Bible. <laughs> True. There's a yeah. There's a lot of there's some similarities in there. Yeah. There's we have elves in the Bible, right? I'm just kidding. That's so <laughs> please, Lord, you're just gonna get me for that. You're gonna hear on that one. <laughs> uh, favorite book? Um, I would say I'm gonna make you work for it. Okay. I would I would say my favorite book is uh, the book of Acts from the New Testament. Oh, okay. That's an in- okay. That's an interesting yeah. way of looking at that because. Yeah. Uh, there's that, you know, most people say, well, the Bible, but that you actually, yeah. Okay. So why acts? So, uh, I, um, I think, uh, what I love most about acts is it's this, um, amazing, uh, story of how, you know, how the church was just getting started. Like they didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow until it happened. And um, it, it's very exciting. Like there's all kinds of stuff all the way through it, right? That you're uh, that you're that you're experiencing with them when you read the book. So if you like to be surprised, the Book of Acts is a play, is a good place to be because you'll be you, you get surprised just like the the people in the early church were getting surprised by what God was doing on the earth after Christ's ascension. I can tell you, I was a little surprised by the answer to the book because before we started recording, you said another book, and that was Dr. Seuss. So um, I'm just saying. Well, there's another question that comes into. Oh, okay. Um, favorite movie that was a book? Um, I would have to go with uh, with with the Lord of the Rings. Also, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Favorite character from a book? Now I would. Uh, now now that we're, we're there now. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so I was uh, thinking about this, and I thought. I love the cat in the hat. And why? You know, uh, in the in the um, book, the cat in the hat. Uh, you know, it's just a boring humdrum day, and the cat comes in and makes a mess of things, right? And and uh, you know, you got the fish is all like concerned that. You know, we're doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. You know, and then in the end, right before everybody gets in trouble the cat comes in and he cleans everything up and everything's great when mom and dad walk walk back in the door and so when i look at the story i would rather not be the fish that's just always worried that it's not going to work out i'd rather be the cat in the hat and just have fun and play and and we'll clean up our we'll clean up our mess at the end and make sure everything's tidied up i'd like to draw a line to your second uh to your third core value yeah creativity, creativity. i like it because uh, it was a creative day. It was humdrum. It was. And then it was but creative. It was a creative day. Um, two fish in a tank. One of them says, how do we drive this thing? Oh. No, I've got these jokes from Alan. Yeah. <laughs> it, did, it, did it fall flat? No. No, I'm... Uh, two fish in a tank? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's Not a fish early. tank. No, it's early in the morning. That's, <laughs> Not a fish tank. That's what fell flat at the time. An army tank. You're good. You're good, Scott. <laughs> it, is, it is 545, guys, so give us a little break here. Right on. Uh, Alan, you want to kick off with any questions? Yeah. Um, when did you, how long have you been a pastor? Uh, so I've actually uh, been a pastor for four years. Um, uh, I, I've been at the church longer than that, so mm-hmm. I've been I've been working in ministry for 12 years, 
but um, but I was ordained four years ago, a little you, over four years ago. Did you ever have the inkling that you would be a pastor one day? Yeah, it was something that I've that I had uh, dreamt of for a, for a long time. Uh, interestingly, when I came to work for the church, that that was the that was the question pastor asked me, and it was okay. years before, uh, eight years or so before I was a pastor. Um, that was one of his questions. Have you ever thought about being a pastor? My, my problem was that I didn't see myself preaching. Mm-hmm. So I struggled with how do you be a pastor and not be a preacher? That's right? an interesting thought there. So I had to learn that. If I was, you know, that question has ever popped up in my head is like, could I be a pastor? But I'm not, I don't, I don't bring messages like that. Right. So yeah. that's an interesting, and that's why we, we connect. We kind of think along Maybe, that Maybe that's I right. Think the messages come to you. They do. In times. They do come to you. I just, can't, I just couldn't never really imagine myself. Like, in my mind, a pastor was the lead pastor of the church. I, yeah. I didn't really uh, connect with all of the other uh, options that are out there and available. So how did you get into missions and outreach? So, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a process. So um, it's really only been a year and a half uh, in missions and outreach when I... Um, so I used to always uh, joke when people say, well, what do you do for the church? I would say, well, I do everything you don't think of when you think of church because nobody thinks of the church as a corporation, but it is. Mm-hmm. And there's accounting and there's human resources and there's corporate affairs and there's all this stuff that you have to do. And that's, that's what I always did. So that was always my, my joke of a response. But then when I was ordained, uh, I, I kept those responsibilities, but I took on the responsibility of pastoral care. And so um, that was kind of the beginning of it. Um, I, I, uh, Pastor David Stroud actually helped me recognize that one of my God-given talents or skills was around um, uh, care for people. It's one of the reasons why I was drawn to human resources. People don't think of human resources as a ministry, but I was drawn to human resources because of the people aspect of it. So then we layered on uh, pastoral care, and then when um, some changes, some structural changes happened in the church and some uh, um, staffing changes happened, then missions and outreach became available, and I feel like it was a, it was a natural next move. Yeah. Where do you think you've made the most impact in, your, uh, in the year and a half? Man, you know, um, it's been really interesting uh, time because the huge majority of the uh, of this period we've been in this COVID nineteen uh, situation, and so all of our focus, almost all of our focus, um, has been around um, feeding people, uh, primarily and secondarily connecting people with resources where they could get uh, financial help, for example. So benevolence. Is a, is a term we use in the church for, you know, basically helping people financially. And it's something that I've also been in, involved in for a long time at the church. But um, in the COVID-19 season, there was a real transition there because the need for financial support became so great. It was more than what we could do with Operation Elevation uh, directly. Uh, but the nice thing was there were other um, federal federal-funded programs, state-funded programs that we could learn about connecting with and get people uh, connected to. So for the last year, we've focused uh, almost 100% on, um, on uh, getting uh, food 
to families who need it and following that up with helping them finding resources to make sure they can stay in their house, stay in their apartment, pay their utilities, keep their car going, all that. So that's that's really where, where we've been focused. We're actually, the focus is beginning to change now, but that's where we've been focused for the last year. How do you think that we could support our missions and outreach better? You know, I think the biggest the biggest thing about um, support for missions and outreach is communication. It's like we've really got to get the get the message out, and it's not just the message that we've got um, a mission trip coming up, for example, but it's helping people understand why you want to be on a missions trip. Right? There's there's some real value and uh, to us as individuals when we go on trips that most people don't think about. Most people are thinking about, I'm going to go to Guatemala and I'm going to help feed poor people, just to use that as an example, right? But they don't think about, I'm going to go to Guatemala and this is what's going to happen to me. Hmm. And it's, mm. it's equally important. There's two sides to the coin and both sides of the coin are, are um, equally important. So is that something that you, for somebody that's never been on a trip, is that something that you would kind of like let them know ahead of time? Yeah. Hey, here's some things to expect. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So when we go on our trips, um, matter of fact, we, we start this month for LA. When we go on our trips, we meet uh, at least four times before the trip mm-hmm. as a group. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is uh, so that the team can really start becoming a team so that we don't arrive, we don't land mm-hmm. in LA and need to be a team and we don't even know each other's names, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is for us to really help try to prepare individuals for what it's gonna be like. So we'll cover subjects like um, how to create um, or build a, um, a prayer support team, why that's important, when they should start praying like it's not just while you're there for five days but it's when you're leading up to it and when you come back because there's a lot of stuff the enemy wants to do around that and we really need we really need to be protected in prayer for example to protect that peace that's on the other side of the coin where 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 god is changing your life where transformation is happening in your life and and that happens before you get on the trip while you're on the trip and then after you're on the trip too Something that Pastor, and I think I mentioned this last week, something that Pastor uh, Josh had mentioned, he talked about uh, Newton's three laws, and one, the third law is for every action there is an opposite and equal reaction. Mm. And that has spoken to me when it comes to the closer you get to God, it seems like sometimes, sometimes the devil's not wanting you there, so he pushes back as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, the correlation that I've seen with that lately is quite interesting and, and never thought about you know, I'm going to go out and try to make an impact for God into the world. And someone's going to want to stop me. He doesn't want that to happen. So he's going to be throwing things at me to kind of get me off my off my focus. And I guess that's where that's prayer right. comes in. That's some, that, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. Uh, the enemy um, of our soul wants nothing more, uh, Scott, than to prevent us from being effective. He's already lost us. Mm, right. Yes. But if he can prevent us from, from being effective at reaching other people, then he's he's still accomplishing his goal. Right. Mm. And so. So, yeah. So that does happen. Uh, you know, two years ago. So we didn't go to L.A. last year, but we went to L.A. in uh, 2019. We didn't go last year because of the pandemic stuff. But um, the last time we went to L.A., the morning that we showed up at the church to pray in, get on the bus, head to the airport. 
we were missing a spouse. The spouse wasn't there because they got into an argument and at the last minute they decided not to go on the trip. So this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. So the enemy was able to get into that specific mm-hmm. situation enough to keep this, this, this half of this couple from going on the trip. The other half went and they had an experience and, you know, that's, I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but there's a constant deal, right? The enemy was effective in that attack. So we've got it. We've got to pray against that. We've got it. We've got to build. Uh, so to answer your question, we've got to build things like that. We've got to get people prepared mentally for what they're going to be doing and um, all of that. The work in L.A. is easy. You could fly to L.A., know nothing, land, drive to the Dream Center. They'll tell you what to do, and you can go do it and be 100% successful. Where has, the work's not hard. Uh, there was a question a while ago. I think it might have been Alan. Uh, one of your, let's say your first outreach that you went on, was it as a pastor or lead, or was it prior to that, that moment? Uh, you, let me just be sure. Are you asking specifically about outreach or like a mission trip? A mission trip. Okay. So um, I, was not, um, I was not a pastor yet. Um, and, well, I, I, I went on some missions as a, as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. Right. As a middle school and, and once in, in high school. Um, and, and those were great. But in more recent years, um, I went to Uganda with um, with the church. That was um, amazing. It was right before I was a pastor. So where I was going with that was you had mentioned that uh, it not only impacts the people that you're serving, but it also impacts you. Yeah. So the most Im- most impactful moment out of all your ministries or outreaches that you've been on which one really spoke to you, man? You know, there's been there's been so many, and some of them seem small, but they but they stick with you. You know, sometimes it's the little the little moments that that will really um, hang on, and sometimes it's bigger um, bigger times and situations. You know, I will say in uh, when we went to Uganda, I, I I've only been to Africa once. I I've fallen in love with it. It's it's amazing. I just said we were talking about this last night at dinner and and I said I could I could like go and stay for extended periods of time uh really a lot of, uh, really very enjoyable um so so in this trip to Uganda one of the first things we did is we drove um all the way to where we we're going to be do, doing most of our ministry was near the Uganda um South Sudan border and um, another ministry that we're friends with was there doing a crusade. And so the first night that we were there, we went to one night of his, um, you know, crusade. So we get there, there's like untold amounts of people. It was, uh, it was amazing. And, and they bring um, this ministry brought the, our entire team up on stage. And we just, we sat up, there's a lot of chairs on stage. So we just, we just sat up there and we're thinking, wow, this is cool. You know, you're looking out over there worshiping and there was cool dancing and music and all this stuff we weren't experiencing. And then there was a like eight minute message. And then I don't know how else to say it, except all hell broke loose. It was the craziest thing. Um, people in the ministry time, um, there was so much uh, stuff happening. They were pulling people up onto the stage and praying for them. It was um, people were being healed, people were being set free. 
um, it was shocking. So kind of like in the book of Acts where you don't know what's coming till you turn the page. <laughs> we didn't know what's coming after worship. Like it was, it was crazy. It was amazing, but it was, it was very, it was very powerful. And I'm going to be honest with you. It made me, it, I, I took a step back at first. Right. But then, um, but then we got involved in, in praying with people when you and say, it was amazing. Take a step, step back. Explain that. I, I literally took a step back on the stage and, and what took in what was happening. Cause I wasn't sure. I really, I, I really wasn't sure how to step forward. It was an example of, um, we're there and I wasn't prepared for, for what we were experiencing. So it, it took a minute. Um, this other ministry were uh, I'm personally friends with them as well. And, uh, he came back and stood next to me for a minute and he said, this is amazing. Isn't it unbelievable? Right. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. Okay. Thanks. You shook me. Now I got to get to work. <laughs> I mean, our team was down on the ground praying for people and I'm like, you know, just kind of taking in the whole picture, trying to. So, uh, I got a little nervous listening to all the praying. I, <laughs> it's, it's one of the most difficult things for me to do. I don't know why. Yeah. Is, is to pray. Over yeah. people, um, like I feel like I have this ability to push. Okay, this is what I, I. Let me let me break this down a little bit. It's like a video game for me, and as you're going through the video game, that little bar of life starts to dwindle <laughs> down, right? So I feel like when you are praying, that bar is increasing. But I have the power. It's weird to say. I feel like I I can help that bar be pushed further in my belief in the prayer that we're praying but when i pray myself i get tripped over the words and i feel like my 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 ability is not as powerful as it could be that's really weird to ask that's a really real strange segue to get to Mm -hmm. how how do you encourage people who aren't um good prayers or confident in their prayers how would you encourage them? Yeah, I would say there's two things. Number one, I would say uh, don't underestimate the power of prayer. And I know we that sounds kind of cliche, but what I mean by that is um, God's word is powerful. The Bible is very clear. It says that it's like a two-edged sword, right? So while you might not feel like your prayers are meeting the whatever the standard is, yeah. your expectation, right? Um the Holy Spirit is still the one that's in charge, right? Okay. You're, so I would encourage you with that. It's like don't, don't under, underestimate your words. But then um, on a practical side, you have to practice, right? You have to put yourself in that situation. You have to, you have to make yourself more comfortable uh, with it. So in LA, you're going to get that opportunity. It's going to oh be. Oh boy! It's Congratulations! Gonna be, <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's so exciting. Yeah. So feel free to cut this question in case. Because I, th- I think you kind of answered it already. Um, my question was, have there been situations you saw God move during a missus trip that forever changed your walk with him? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... Um, so I'll share, I'll share this. Um, this was actually in Los Angeles two years ago. Um, and it has to do with prayer as we're as we're just talking we had a woman who was on the trip with us it it changed my pers- my perspective um we had a woman who was on a on a on the trip with us and she was hispanic um but she was and i didn't know this till later but she was uncomfortable with speaking spanish mm-hmm. so she 
she, as a young child, she had spoken Spanish, but she really hadn't um, stayed with it. And so we were in a we were in the park. Um, one of the things that we'll do when we're in LA, it's really amazing, is we will put snacks and drinks in wagons, and we'll just walk out into a park and we'll start talking to people. Right. On. It's it's really cool. And uh, we ran into this um, to this guy who was homeless uh, in the park and had obviously uh, been been drinking. And she, uh, this woman, she went uh, out of her way to try to connect with him. And he only spoke Spanish. And so she was tempted to just walk away, but she didn't. She attempted to bring, kind of bring that back. And it was a very emotional, very powerful time as she realized that God was kind of empowering her to, to speak Spanish to this guy. Like it was all coming back. Mm -hmm. This guy was moved to tears. He, it was, um, it was a very powerful moment of ministry that happened all in Spanish um, by a woman who thought, number one, she couldn't pray for people. And number two, she definitely couldn't do it in Spanish because she could barely speak it. And, and God really used her in that moment. And it, I think I know the woman you're talking about. Do you? Yes. Yeah. It, it, She's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And it, it, it brought so much to me because I realized God, God's there in our moment. If we're willing to take a step forward and do what he's asked us to do, he's not going to leave us stranded there. He's going to come right in behind us and he's going to give us the tools and, and, the, and the stuff we need from the moment. So how do you recharge? Going on missions trips and, and outreach and doing your day-to-day work, how do you recharge at the end of the day? You know, um, I, uh, so I, I was talking earlier with Scott and I'm like, I don't have hobbies. I don't have, you know, like it's, uh, it, it's an interesting, uh, place where I am, but, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I spent, Glendon and I spent a lot, spent a lot of time, Glendon, my wife, we spent a lot of time, um, together and, um, communicating talking through stuff that's very energizing to me she's very energizing to me so that's uh that's definitely one part of it and then um you have to you have to know you need rest you know like even after these food pantries right well i'll get home the next day i'll get home that day and i'm i'll go to bed for like two hour nap and and you've got a plan for the for the upcoming days to be lighter. I think you just have to, you know, remember your health is important and, and plan things so that you have some, some, uh, recovery time. I mentioned earlier that you have a huge heart. What is your number one uh, love language? (laughs) Um, let me think for a second. Um, it is, um, hmm. It's not, I want to say appreciation, but it's not the right word. Um, words of affirmation? W- words of affirmation, yes. Really? Good to know. Yeah. Where I was going with that is where, where is your heart, what, what outreach? Like we got mission trips, we've got homeless, we've got elderly. Where, where is your heart? What's, one, what's the one that speaks to you the most? Yeah, you know, um, I mentioned earlier that we were expanding uh, right now. And so some of the areas that we're expanding into is um, homeless outreach, um, both in Dallas and Denton, which is going to be great. It is great today, and we're, we're expanding that further. Um, we're also expanding into foster family care. 
So a little bit different twist on the foster care situation. We're going to focus on caring for families that have taken foster kids in, um, which that'll be great. Um, and I will get to your answer your mm-hmm. question, I promise. And then um, uh, we're getting ready to launch some work into human trafficking. And um, I would say that's probably where I'm most excited um, right now is looking at the human trafficking piece. So we're going to do uh, two pieces of that. I'm excited about both. One is uh, education, how um, people can go about recognizing a potential trafficking situation in everyday life because we're passing these situations on a regular basis, especially in Dallas. I don't know if you know this, but Dallas is a hub for the entire U.S. in human trafficking. Is Denton somewhere up there as well? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about Denton in particular, but the Metroplex is is a hot spot. It's really um, crazy. And then the other piece of that will be we're, we're going to partner with an organization. I don't have an agreement with them yet, so I, I won't mention their name, but we're going to par- partner with our organization. And the plan is to have our people trained as, ad- as advocates in the state of Texas when a victim is, um, is rescued from human trafficking. They are partnered, uh, as long as they'll accept it, they're, they're partnered with, a, um, with an advocate. And those advocates are primarily in this area, primarily trained and managed by a, by a specific uh, nonprofit. Um, they're not Christian-based, but their, their leadership is, are all Christians, if that makes sense. They take federal funding, so they're not a, they're not a Christian-based organization. So I'm hoping we're going to get involved in both places, and that's, that's re- really where my draw is right now. Would you say that's the greatest opportunity in outreach right now? Um, I would say uh, uh, opportunity in regard to people getting involved. Uh, yes. So um, probably the greatest opportunity for people to get involved is going to be in uh, right now is going to be in um, homeless outreach. Um, and then once uh, once more of the human trafficking piece unfolds, then we'll have a better feel for what that's going to what that's going to look like. It it may the human trafficking piece may be a smaller group of people, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, or how do y'all determine what ministries y'all are going to? Uh, I say attack, but yeah, uh, <laughs> attack or support yep. support. Yeah, I think that's a great question. So um, I think a lot of this comes from the heart of the of the um, leader in whatever um, in whatever ministry you're in. I'm connected with 17 uh, different churches and ministries in the area with their outreach people. And when I look at that, every every church or every outreach or every ministry from an outreach perspective has kind of a different flavor. So it seems to me like what I've learned is that a lot of that has to do with the flavor of the of the, um, of the people who are, who are leading that. So, um, I think in our, um, in our environment, I, I, uh, some of that comes from me. Some of that's coming from leadership. Um, we're, I'm, I really have a desire to get something launched, um, something significant launched this year with regard to foster children and foster families, because that's a passion of pastor Sheila's. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really wanted something in that area for a while, and it's just not quite happened. So we're gonna we're gonna really focus on on that. Um, I have a passion around human trafficking, and so that's where that came from. And yeah, 
What is the part of a missions trip that bring that you feel brings the most opportunity, uh, whether that's preparing to leave, actually being there, or coming back home? Um, so let me answer that. Uh, well, I, I, I think the the it just depends on which side of the coin you're looking at. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, if you're looking at the um, let me say it this way. So when so when we go on a missions trip, right, we're going to help somebody who's in need. That's that's the basis of the missions trip. And we're we're also the the other side of that coin, as we we're talking about before, is is also um, you know bringing transformation to the people who are going. Mm-hmm. So the most important time for transformation is when we come back. And the reason for that is that when you're in the heat of the trip you're not necessarily you're you're having great experiences and we're doing every day we're having conversations as a group about that we're we're breaking that down we're having people share right because we want to we want to solidify that in our people but it's really when you get back and people start saying well what'd you do where you know where'd you go what was it like right that that's that that stuff really starts getting set in mm-hmm. and uh and it's it's a period of time where god really really advances the transformation in you because of the trip um, the most opportunity from the perspective from the other side of the coin from the from that perspective is is you know while we're there while we're while we're meeting with people and um, it's amazing the simplest thing the simplest thing can bring um a tremendous amount of um of uh relief to a person like for example when when uh, we were in uganda my entire job while we were in uganda was uh to take readers just off the shelf readers and help people determine which strength they needed and pick out a pair of readers for them and give them a pair of readers so that they could walk away and i can't tell you how person after person after person after person would just cry because they could see and read again or they you know whatever is happening so it's uh it's the simplest things go a long long way i mean next to us we were they were saving babies from dying from malaria literally doctors were right and right next to that we were giving readers to people so they could see a little bit better and the people who were receiving readers were as emotionally moved as moms that had very sick babies right next door and i can see how that impacts impacts us uh just just sitting here listening to the stories i i'm man, i hate I, I hate the fact that i my eyes start sweating when humanity <laughs> when we we try to help out humanity going back to the question don't you hate have, it embrace <laughs> it <laughs> yeah i know but all these people that will listen to me anyway <laughs> going back to what we were saying uh, about different ministries, do you, when you, and you're partnering up with area churches, other organizations, yeah. do you find do y'all is it strategic in the fact that hey, so this part, this is covered, but this one's not so covered, so we need to step up here or ask, hey, maybe you know, is it strategic on how it's balanced in the area, or does that even make sense to what I'm asking? No, your question makes great sense, and I would love to say that it's really balanced and that we work really well together in that in that regard but that's our goal and that's where we're headed but we're not there today most underestimated outreach 
Um, I would say hot dog stand. Okay. All right. You're going to have to expand on that one. <laughs> of course. Um, so when you're in LA, you're going to experience hot dog stand. I mentioned it earlier. It's when, um, it's when we basically put snacks and drinks in a wagon and go out into the park and talk to people. Uh, why they call it hot dog stand is still a mystery. I tried to get an answer to that the whole time we were there. All I figured out was there's never been a hot dog stand involved in it, but that's what they call it. Um, but honestly, uh, more impactful than doing it in L.A. was coming back here and going uh, with a friend of mine at church into Dallas and doing a very similar deal. So what we did is we uh, bought dollar burritos, uh, a bunch of water, threw it in backpacks, drove down to Dallas, rented those little scooters like Lime scooters, you know, mm-hmm. hopped on Lime scooters and just drove and found people and and the burrito and the water was just so that we could have an opportunity to talk to them. It was evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredibly easy. Literally anybody could do it. A six-year-old can do it. And it's crazy impactful. Like when you hand somebody a burrito, they will listen to you. It's amazing. And so that's some of the stuff we're going to do in, in Homeless Outreach as well. Setting up logistics on an outreach or a uh, ministry going somewhere like uh, LA Dream Center, yeah, or Guatemala that's coming up as well. What's the logistics like? Is it difficult? Is it easy? Well, the good part is is we have a lot of experience doing it, so we've got a plan. We've got kind of a checklist that we walk through, but um, it, it is a little bit it is a little bit complex, especially in the environment we're in right now. Like for example, we just we just reached out to the dream center to say, Hey, uh, what is, what do the COVID restrictions look like right now? Now we're not going until June, but what do they look like right now? So they gave us, uh, you know, they kind of outlined that for us. A lot of stuff that we've got to kind of look at and, and determine. So like, for example, there, there's testing that uh, COVID testing that has to be done. So that's an extra layer that we've got to lay on. We've got to get, get out to people and make sure we get that taken care of. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we've got a checklist. It's not too bad um, today, um, especially when we've done the trip already. Uh, in the, at the end of summer, we're going to Guatemala. And the church has done that trip before, but I have not. So that one's a uh, little, little more, right, requiring a little more of my attention because I, I, I got to make sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And I don't even know what the T's and I's are. At 100%, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with all this talk of missions and outreach, how, what is the best way for somebody to get involved? Because I, I know that like, you, know, you hear about it from stage and you see it on, on Facebook pages, but how, yeah. what is the easiest way for somebody to get involved? So, um, so we have regular outreaches now happening uh, every, th- every um, third Saturday mm-hmm. and every uh, fourth Saturday. So third Saturdays are food pantries. They're happening at the church. Um, and for Saturday are, is homeless outreach. Um, the easiest way, like if you, uh, like the, 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 the best thing to do is get on the outreach, uh, communications, which that's super simple. You can just send, uh, send your name and, uh, contact information to outreach at elevate.life 
and we'll get you we'll get you there and then we communicate two or so times a month about what's coming up and what we're doing and people can get involved um, we actually have space available s- still on the trip that um, that Scott's going to in LA um, which is June 14th and then uh, is when we leave and then we also have uh, available space in the and the um, Guatemala trip as well. So if they just reached out to me at the church, um, we could we could point them in the right direction. Right on. I'll put uh, your email in the uh, show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. So it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that when we start preparing, for for example, when I'm getting ready to go to uh, LA Dream Center, there's a process of raising money, yeah, uh, and having supporters support us, and you. I think that I've heard that you prefer people to pour into that instead of us doing it all ourselves. Yeah. Can you explain on why or if I'm wrong? No, no, you're 100% right. I think there's two pieces that are valuable in it. Number one, everybody can't go on the trip. But when but when you support somebody who's going on the trip, you're going on the trip. Right. Because you, you've made it happen. I love like what you're doing where you're going to where you're going to be communicating in specific ways back to people. We encourage uh, communication back to those who supported uh, an individual or the or their prayer team as well, so they kind of know what's happening during the trip. But you've kind of taken that an extra step by kind of creating some levels and doing some specific things. I love that. So that's that's one piece. It gets more people on the trip, honestly. Um, and then the other piece, though, is uh, equally as important, and that is that um, it's hard to ask people for money. Um, it's hard to raise funds. It. it well, well, let me restate that. It's actually not hard, but it's hard as a person to ask somebody to give them money, right? Yes. So when you overcome that, you're helping yourself down the road because we're going to do some some hard things when we're in L.A. too, right? Like it might be hard for you to approach a total stranger in the park, right? So if you get you used to mm. doing some hard things in advance. Interesting. That's gonna. That's gonna. See um, how you're uh, dotting the you T's out. and crossing the I's there. Wait, it's not right, is it? No, that's <laughs> no, no. not right. I see how you connect the dots. That works, right? But that, that works. Yeah. But that would make an interesting trip if we crossed the I's and dotted the T's. Right on. Let's see what we can do in the uh, logistics next time. Creativity. Creativity. There you go. <laughs> well, it's that time. Unfortunately. You know, in the brushing, I also wanted to mention that we're we're wrapping down season one of the Mighty Anvil. Uh, we've got this one that this one that with Pastor Steve, and then we've got Scott Armadaris next week talking about soul ties. And uh, so, yeah, uh, and hang out for a couple of weeks after that. You and I are going to do some show prep for season two, and then uh, hopefully we'll bring you some great content. I've, as I believe we have this season, I've been really impressed. And I have been. Yes, I just, it's just yes, been it's, amazing. It's blown me away. The amount of uh, attention that people supporting us and people like uh, Gabe Aponte, who opened up the doors for us to have it here. Um, yeah, there might be a, there might be a special episode in between the four weeks that we take off. I did some thinking last night, but. Um, Real quick, uh, so the winners for Gary's book, uh, The Super Fantastic Process, I just wanted to give a special shout-out to them to let them know their books are on the way. So Chris from Jonesboro, Arkansas, Allison from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Mitchell from Oak Point, Texas. Your books are on the way. Yep, they were shipped out this week. Yeah. 
And then uh, also um, for, so you were mentioning uh, Elevate.life for uh, missions, in, you know, to get connected uh, yeah. around the Frisco area. For anybody that's in the McKinney and Anna Sherman area, um, you can also get connected with Grace Point Family Church. Uh, feel free to send an email to gracepointfamilychurch at gmail.com. I think it's gracepointfamily-church at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, and they also have uh, a food bank that they do. I, I believe it's every third Saturday as well. I believe it is. However, I think the date might be moving just a little bit because we have some things going on over there. But that is also still available too. Preview of next week. What do we got going on? Yeah, so next week, you mentioned earlier, we will be meeting with Scott Armanderas and we'll talk about soul ties and the effects that they have on our lives. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting topic because I, I think it's something that not a lot of us think about. Um, also in that episode, um, like Scott also mentioned, we'll be ending season one, getting prepared for season two, and planning out what that looks like, having other guests, maybe some repeats come back to, uh, yeah, just come back and talk to us again and give us more knowledge and help us grow in relationship and brotherhood. You know, just kind of a sneak peek with Scott Armadares a couple of years ago when we had Freedom Class and the celebration at the end, he brought up Soul Ties and... I just needed to hear that a couple more times so that I could speak that into my kids' lives. It's not just for us because, really, it's, it's kind of almost, well, you know what? It might not have always completely passed me, but um, it, how important it is, you know, my daughter's going to be here next week. She doesn't know what the topic is, but she's going to be here kind of seeing what we're doing. So I'm kind of excited because Scott brings a great way of explanation explanation it explanation <laughs> i'm making up words this morning guys making up words but yeah so that's really going to be great i'm looking yeah. forward to it and the way we usually close our show is uh having our guest our friend uh pray us out so pastor steve if you would give us the honor yeah my pleasure heavenly father we thank you uh for this morning father we thank you for this podcast i thank you for scott and for alan god i just pray that you'd bless them and cover them father i pray that uh, that each of these episodes would um, go out and uh, create transformation and change in people's lives. Father, we thank you. God, we trust you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor Steve, I do really appreciate you coming thank up. You very I much. love you so much. You are an amazing, thank you, biggest heart I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a pleasure having you on. Thanks. Thank you. Right on, Strikers. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Next time.